You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Hello and welcome back to episode 20 already of the TV Obsessive podcast. My name is Ryan Kirksey, writer and contributor for the site. And I'm joined by someone staring at me with their binoculars from a sewer. It's Cameron <laughs> Crane, the executive editor of TV Obsessive. Cameron, how is it down in that sewer? Uh, you know, it's all right. I, 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 I go out periodically and go take a shower and a rest stop. And <laughs> yeah, pay for your shower. My car easy. with an egg timer set to 59 minutes that I, <laughs> I wake up from before it goes off. Yeah, what, what what a life. Must be a nice life you have doing that. Those are where we're for. We're referencing the episode we're going to talk about today. You know, people haven't seen it. Uh, better call Saul, plan execution. And yeah, Lalo, I actually love Lalo. Oh, man, me too. Uh, as a character, obviously not as a human being. But we'll hold off on that. <laughs> we'll hold off on that and uh, hold off on getting into any spoilers until the latter half of the podcast, as per usual um basic plan first talk a bit about what's going on in the news uh what we've been watching what we're looking forward to a bit maybe uh today more than what we're watching currently um and then the latter half uh we'll dig in on better call saw planned execution which i have chosen to um put on my mount rushmore of tv episodes yeah Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have the discussion about that versus Long, long time. I think we're gonna we're gonna have to re- re- revisit it. Maybe it's interesting. I wanted to choose this one in part because yeah. of the fact that you'd said that long, long time replaced it for you. Also because we did Breaking Bad. I've had this question in my mind about um, how committed I am to this notion. I sort of have that Better Call Saul is a better show than Breaking Bad. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. I don't know. I can't. And anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. What's in the news? It's November 1st. We're recording one day later in the week than usual because yesterday was Halloween. It's Wednesday, November 1st. Uh, what, what's been going on? What's caught your eye in the news this week? Yeah, I mean, certainly, and, and we're far from the, the 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 first or early stages of people to comment on this, but obviously the biggest news since we last recorded was, um, to a great extent, the death of Matthew Perry and then also Richard Mole from uh, Bull from Night Corps. Just two, uh, I mean, really great actors. I don't know what your experience was either with Friends or with Night Corps or these characters. Um, I was always someone who thought that that uh, Chandler and Phoebe were the two best line de- deliverers on Friends. Um, and uh, just a it's kind of a shocking loss from a show that you know, loved to watch when I was early 20s and thought oh that must be cool a life like that and uh didn't, didn't ever end up anything like that but yeah just sort of sort of a couple of shocking shocking deaths this past week yeah i mean i think matthew perry is probably more shocking yeah um let's talk about richard mole a little bit briefly then return to matthew perry i feel like a little bit richard mole got overshadowed you know because he passed away and then a couple of days later matthew perry did yeah, I mean, also, arguably, Matthew Perry's death feels like a bigger deal because he was really so young. Yes, and, yes. You know, it was, was kind of out of nowhere where I don't know. I don't think it was as out of nowhere with Richard Mole. Not like I'm a yeah, fanatic was, follower, he, but I, I think he was like not doing so well for a while. Yeah. And, and he was 80 years old. So. Yeah. And he wasn't a part of the reboot. Right. Right. You know, and I don't know if that was because. He didn't want to do it because he thought it was stupid or if it was because like 
he wasn't up to it, you know, or whatever. But that's a loss. I mean, I don't know how much you watch Night Court. I watched the original Night Court as a kid. It was on in syndication and things like this. And to be honest with you, Bull was always my favorite character, actually. Yeah. I, I did love watching old episodes of Night Court. I, I can't say I saw it maybe a little bit too young when it first aired. But yeah, it's one of these great shows. You you find it on at 10 o'clock at night, and it's great to watch a couple episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's just a good sitcom. And yep. I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, Dan Fielding, you know, John Larroquette's character. And, you know, like the other characters are almost more standout. But but Bolo's kind of like holds the thing together in, in a certain way. Um so that's a shame. But yeah, man, Matthew Perry. Yeah. Um uh, I, I don't I don't know what to say about Matt, Matthew Perry. I mean, he seems by all accounts to have been just um a great guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um of course struggled with addiction for a long time, you know, but also yeah. I know kind of committed himself to to helping others with addiction. Yes, that was very much the, the uh, the later part of his life was helping others with that. And, and you, you know, I hate, hate seeing some of these things where people are, you know, almost desperate to see the toxicology results that will come out in a few weeks. You know, sort of did that play any part in his supposed drowning in his hot tub? You know, these things just, just, just people that 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 want there to be some sort of explanation for that. But let's just let it be, let it be tragic, let it be something that we can celebrate as opposed to, you know, going back and re- revisit what might have been you know, something that he struggled with for sounds like decades. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly one, certainly one can imagine that that was going on. Like, I don't know. I don't don't know that I need the toxicology probably, you know, I mean, it's a sudden thing. He's drowning. Why, you know, how do you not wake up and all that kind of thing. But Mm -hmm. regardless of that, it's, it's Mm -hmm. incredibly sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You mentioned friends. I feel like friends was, I feel like Friends was the last show that everyone has seen. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> like it, it's it's kind of a weird thing. I never really watched Friends. I was never really into Friends. I've never returned to it and watched it on streaming. Yeah. But when it was airing, everyone had seen Friends. Like yeah. it was just somehow completely unavoidable. And I think we've moved to where nothing is like that, you know, just the the fading of network television. And yeah, um, I mean, there are 30 million people watching every episode. I mean, it just that will never be replicated. Yeah, I, I can. I can only imagine. I just can't ever see things getting back to that level of zeitgeist where just everyone, literally everyone was watching it. Yeah, no, it's too fragmented, but it was such a cultural yeah. phenomenon. How they afforded to live in those apartments, we'll never know. It's one of the great mysteries. <laughs> rent control, as they say in one of the episodes. <laughs> yeah. rent, stabiliza- yeah. rent Stabilization Act of 1963, I think is what <laughs> I mean, that's fine, but it's still too big. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. So there, yeah, are two, there are two shows, I think we've talked about one at length before. There are two shows that I've gathered with people to watch the finale. One was Lost. Uh, we've talked about that that before. The other, not because I was hanging on every episode of Friends, but just because it was kind of like this thing in the culture. And Friends was the second where we just, you know, I loosely understood what was going on, that, you know, what the plot line they're trying to pull together there at the end. And people just gathered just because it was this the ending of something monolithic that that you, know, you just you wanted to be a part of, at least having said you saw it at that at that time. So those yeah, are two I mean, it, it, 
that's part of it, you know, related to what I was saying before. It was a big enough cultural phenomenon yeah. that even if you didn't watch Friends regularly, you had that feeling of um, wanting to see the finale of Friends when it exactly. aired. And I mean, it was just a huge show. Speaking of Matthew Perry, I, I really enjoyed, I haven't seen a lot of people mentioning this, I really enjoyed Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip, personally. Did you ever watch that show? See, and I've seen so many people talk about that. I, I am sad to say I've never caught any of that. Now I'm, and now I really want to go, re, not revisit it, but I guess visit it for the first time. Yeah, Ribeiro and Sorkin, right? Which, um, I guess we're going to do West Wing, uh, an episode of West Wing next week. Go ahead and mention that now. Yeah. Uh, so a little tie-in there. But, you know, it was canceled, Studio 60. Um but I rather enjoyed it. I don't know. Check it out. Yeah, I think that, it's like one gonna, season because it got canceled. Yeah. That, that's because I'm going to jump to the top of the list. I think if it's one season, I can knock it out and get some get some new Matthew Perry content I've never seen before. Yeah, Matthew Perry, and you, of course you've got uh, oh man, what's his name? I was already um, uh, um, Bradley Bradley Whitford. Whitford. Yes, yes, of yeah. course. Yeah. and you know some other you know, people. But anyway. Yeah, one more, one question before we leave this this topic. Can you give me Bull's full name from Night Court? I, I want to say his last name was Connor. It was not Connor. <laughs> I, 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 you would have given me a thousand guesses. I would have never known his full name was Aristotle Nostradamus Shannon. That's his name. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> and they just called him Bull. And you yeah, know what? Yeah. I think Bull Connor was like... Uh, Sheriff in Birmingham, Alabama, during the civil rights movement. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I think I totally like, almost hold on some oh. other. You're like, he's a bad, guy, bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's right. Um, SAG AFTRA is still negotiating. I guess. I mean, no yeah. real news there, but I uh, relative positive that it seems like talks are ongoing uh, at least. Um, did you see this? News this hit today that apparently um, HBO executives are creating fake social media accounts to troll critics. Did you see that? Did you so I, I had not seen this before you put this in our, our show notes here. This fascinated me. I can't say that it surprised me. It reminds me of something that happened with the Philadelphia 76ers about 10 or 11 years ago during the process when they were rebuilding and, and, you know, telling teams or telling their fans, Oh, it's okay for us to finish last for four straight years where the general manager created a fake Twitter profile and was responding as to why the process was the right thing to do. That it just sort of reeked a little bit of that, but I, I guess they were creating fake accounts to counteract negative reviews. That's that's right. Which doesn't make sense. And like, actually the, the 76ers, <laughs> Uh, thing makes more sense. Is George Hinky? Yeah. Is that the guy's name? Sam Hinky. Sam Hinky. Sam Hinky. You got to trust the process because there you're actually potentially trying to, you know, right. create some movement of of people trusting the process. If you yes. just, you know, use the terminology, this is weird. Like, what if, if the show got a negative review? Who who's it going to affect to see someone <laughs> saying that the negative review is just virtue signaling or whatever? You know, it's like I don't think it quite works that way. You watch the show on your own, either you like it or you don't. Yeah, right. Um, 
So I don't know. It, I just it, decided... it was a very, very strange strategy. If you read this piece, we could put the link in that they talk about some of the, I mean, the preeminent TV critics at Variety, Rolling Stone, Hollywood Reporter, and how they they create these fake accounts to respond to them. Like anyone is giving any credence to what these, you know, almost look like bot accounts are saying compared to their reviews. Yeah, it's like you got Alan Steppenwall's review and then some bot yeah. accounts being like, Alan is vir- just virtue signaling, you know, like, <laughs> how's that going to sway anyone? This is the kind of stuff you exactly. just ignore, you know, <laughs> um, but I decided, because of course, you know, we write things, we publish things on tvobsessive.com, yeah. um, and, you know, sometimes comments on social media, also sometimes comments on the site, you know, and, um, you know, I mean, negative and whatever, and generally i ignore them i decided now you know if i get negative comments in the future i'm just going to think to myself uh made the big time must be the showrunners it must be (laughs) yeah yeah i'm just going to believe that it is the executives who think that i'm a big enough deal right to bother to spend their time doing this so you know (laughs) this is even better than it used to be oh boy yeah they ignore the trolls anyway but ignore all that yeah yeah what a weird story that was that was that was weird yeah i do encourage people to read that because that that was fascinating i'm glad you you shared that with us Uh, i I think it just came out today yeah on the we'll talk about loki a little later more on the mcu beat um this show which has sort of become this i i I don't know that this this model of what Marvel wants to do with their television shows, uh, Daredevil, which obviously has had its beginnings in Netflix and moved over now that they have the rights, finally has its new showrunner, its new creative team, new people that will run this thing. And I'm excited personally, not only because Daredevil is my all-time favorite comic book character, but also because these are the guys that used to do the Punisher TV show at Netflix. Quite dark, quite violent. Um, How that will translate, will it translate over to Disney Plus? We'll see. Um, But... Mm. You know, this is just this, it's this show that's become representative of some of the problems that that entity has as a whole. And as they're trying to get things back on track, they're trying to launch some new things with these last two episodes of of Loki. We'll see if this is uh, something that sticks. But this comes on the heels of them basically seeing some dailies for what have been shot and written up already for for Daredevil and Kevin Feige hating it and firing everybody. So we'll Mm. see if this this sticks. I don't know, man. I've seen these shows, by the way. Yeah, Daredevil and the Punisher. I like the the Netflix era. I watched these shows: Daredevil, Punisher, um, uh, Luke Cage, um, yep. Iron Fist, Iron Fist, Jessica and, Jones, Jessica Jones, and then they did the Defenders. Yep. And I think after they did the Defenders, I didn't see anything that came after that. Yeah, but I think, um, yeah, Iron Fist killed it all. He was so bad that he killed everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so like uh, does the new series um are we getting charlie cox we're getting vincent d'onofrio and we're we're getting charlie cox we're getting vincent d'onofrio um obviously it's a rumor to have um to have john bernthal back as as punisher a lot of the supporting characters are not are not coming back um but the the bones are there we've had this uh, maybe somewhat hasty introduction of Charlie Cox as Daredevil in the latest Spider-Man movie. Spoiler for a three-year-old movie at this point. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I mean, they keep promising it, keep promising it, keep promising it. It's been delayed, delayed, delayed. Obviously, the strike has caused some um, some heartburn there as well. But they, I, I think what the strike is not going to do is totally rethink their strategy because it has just fallen off the rails, at least in terms of TV. And hopefully, selfishly for me, I hope that they that they get it back on where they want it to go. 
Right on. Yeah, we'll see. I'm curious. I don't yep. know that I'm going to watch it, but I'm curious. I'll um, let you know. Again, I just had this weird, I had at a certain point, it was right around when the Defenders came out, and then also on the film side, I just decided sort of, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. I don't know, like if it was an overload thing or what, I just decided I'm just not doing any of this stuff anymore. It, I just like, stopped watching the overload. That, that and Sigourney Weaver is like a, a, evil businesswoman being the you know the big the big bad guy that the defenders can't take down i mean you have these five superheroes that can't can't figure out their way around sigourney weaver anyway we, we can <laughs> i can go a long time on that if we want to yeah it was yeah okay yeah and then i don't know it fell away but yeah it'll, I'll, it'll be interesting because daredevil was daredevil itself was pretty dark on Netflix. it was, it was good yeah it was quite good well they get that dark on disney plus you know it's kind of an interesting thing how you know, Hulu is only in the U.S. As I understand, yes, I think it's only in the U.S. I think that's right. I think that's not even in like Canada. right. I think it's only in the U.S. I know it's not in Europe. Um, and so a lot of the shows that will go on Hulu, um, here just go on Disney Plus in like the UK. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they've already kind of been opening up a little bit what they are willing to put out under the Disney brand. Which yes. is kind of interesting because yes. time was when they were like, "Well, this is going to be a kind of adult action film. <laughs> Call it Touchdown, right? <laughs> or uh, Miramax. These are all owned by Disney. You know? That's so, right. That's right." Um, speaking of <laughs> the broad strokes of the Disney conglomerate, Fargo, uh, mm. which we were planning to dig into, coming to FX in November. They released a trailer. Uh, any thoughts on that? We got John Hamm. Boy, John Hamm, Juno Temple, fresh off of uh, Ted Lasso, Joe Keery from Stranger Things, um, the guy who I forget his name now, the guy who played Winston on on New Girl. I mean, this has got a, a tremendous cast, and the the I, I enjoyed season four, the Chris Rock season in nineteen twenties Kansas City, but I, I think I'm gonna I, I'm really looking forward to a to revisit. This apparently takes place in two thousand nineteen, kind of a let's bring it back to Fargo um, type of environment. I think this takes place in Minnesota, but the, the trailer to me just looks, looks outstanding. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Yeah. And I, I, can't, like, I can't wait. You know, the interesting thing, I think maybe it is in Minnesota, but wasn't, I think like the original movie, it was largely in Minnesota also. Yeah, and like, I, think I think season so. one yeah. was in Minnesota. <laughs> and it, it's like a lot of the stuff isn't really in Fargo, North Dakota. Right. Um, but you know, a similar kind of vibe. Really, you know, I've always found the show intriguing too, in terms of what they're doing, picking up from the the film, but in more thematic ways than anything. Yeah. You know, it's like more the tone and the themes that that kind of resonate. And uh yeah, I'm really looking forward to the uh John Hamm of it all. Yeah, um, November's got some good things coming up. That may be the top of my list. Uh, maybe, second. maybe, maybe second. <laughs> I don't know. So, also on FX or FX on Hulu, A Murder at the End of the World. Yes, um, comes out in a couple weeks, actually, before Fargo. Um, this is a show from Britt Marling and Sal. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just I I. I just can't do it. Anyway, the creators of the OA and so on. Did you ever watch the OA? No, I never saw that. It got canceled in a way that really sucks. 
Oh, okay. Like it did painful cancellation by Netflix here. Two seasons. They had always said they had five seasons planned. I think it was, you know. And so it's kind of hanging out there, like, well, what was the rest of this story? You know, <laughs> Nef- stupid Netflix. Uh, but they're just on to other projects. You know, yeah. I think, I think yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Um, so, so that's a bummer. I still do recommend the OA. It's a very okay. kind of unique show, you know, and um, you're just not going to get any resolution. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of inter- it's kind of interesting how it, personally, I'm okay with canceled shows. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm okay with like fragments, you know, like call me a capital R romantic, like the historical movement. <laughs> the fragment can have value, you know, and yeah. I, I enjoy any number of shows that are canceled. Um, but then sometimes when you're in the midst of watching it in real time and you expect that they're going to be more, and you, as I do, write a long article on the OA after season two. Yeah, presuming there will be more, and yeah. then it gets canceled. It's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, part part of me wants to revise that long article in terms <laughs> of, well, here's an interpretation just based yeah. on what we have and knowing that it's all that we have instead of um, presuming that though that there will be more. It does end up like a massive cliffhanger, right? Okay, so, well, know. someday you and I should do a podcast dedicated to. Westworld, uh, just not a whole, not not a whole watch or anything, but just something that dedicates to it, a show that clearly had gotten to the point where it was creatively bankrupt and probably needed to end, not a, probably needed to end, but so many people were so upset that it ended and they wanted to see what the yeah. end was, what was going to happen. There's sort of that that dichotomy very much interested me. Yeah, that one is because I think they only had one more season planned. It's like, come on, yes, you yes, exactly. Come on. Come on, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, you know, not, back never... in the day, I remember, you know, kind of before what they call prestige TV, or in the midst of when that was getting going, or you know, back in the time when I was like renting TV shows on DVD, mm-hmm. when that started to be something you could do in like the mid aughts. Yep. I yep. showed any number of shows that I really like that were canceled. <laughs> uh, you know. Um, and of course Twin Peaks was one of them. Yes, it was. I, I discovered that before a little before that, but Twin Peaks was canceled and and you know, and you know, I, ne- I never imagined they were going to bring it back the way that they did. Although I yeah. know that they did. But there are other ones like Dead Like um not Dead Like Me. Dead Like Me, yeah, Dead Like Me. Okay. Um and uh uh, I don't know. I didn't have notes planned here, but I remember there being this <laughs> period of time where I thought, like, man, all the good shows get canceled, and that that was just what I because it was like, so what happens? Yeah, they would whatever network would take a chance on it, and it would be this sort of unique, distinctive thing, and then it wouldn't get enough viewers, so they would cancel it. Mm-hmm. One thing like prior to streaming, yes, and, and once you got streaming, things more things would get revived or picked up right. elsewhere or it became a little less common there for a little while at least for things to just be kind of suddenly canceled <laughs> i don't know now netflix started doing it all over the place so um they'll, they'll take up anything if there's a there's a petition behind it there's crowd support behind it well i don't know about that because the oa you had people like protesting in the streets and stuff uh, that's true so, yeah honestly and and you know netflix doesn't care it's all about the algorithm. 
anyhow. Uh, but so, yeah, that's coming up. Fargo, The Curse, which we've talked about before. Very excited about The Curse. That's on Showtime. Um, coming to the streaming service, I guess, on like Friday at midnight and then going to air on the linear network on Sunday. People are curious. Oh, OK. OK. So you get um, a little early if you got the streaming. OK. Yeah. So it comes out November 10th on streaming, November 12th on the linear uh, Showtime network. We've also got the 60th anniversary Doctor Who specials coming in November. Uh, towards the Certainly end of the in a couple weeks. Still, still never seen one second of Doctor Who, but I'm excited for those that like it. Uh, I think I, I, I might be making me watch Doctor Who in a couple weeks. Because it's like it would line up, right? I've got one more episode to choose for our program here. And we'll do West Wing, yes. West Wing next week, and then I close this out. And it lines up with the 60th, 60th anniversary. So I think I think we might uh, do an mm. episode of uh, Doctor Who. Well, I, I I will be so so I'll be so lost. Okay. Well, well at least the, the the episode I have in mind, you don't need context for it. Okay. So, you okay. Know. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff on the horizon. Um, you're excited also about Monarch. Um, what is it called? Monarch Legacy of Monsters? Yeah, Monarch Legacy of the Monsters. The nerd culture is excited about this. We get this um, this sort of tale in between several of the last um, Godzilla movies where this show that spans three different generations and this company called Monarch and sort of what they knew about the history and and um, existence of these these monsters and and stars Kurt Russell and his son as as for two versions of the same character is fascinating concept. I, you know, I, I, my, I'm a big fan of those movies have been since, you know, the, that that's genre of movies since kids. So I'm very much looking forward to this show may, may write on it still TBD, but may, may write on it. We'll see. Um, but I'm very excited about the show. We got a couple weeks to decide. It is one of those where I, I find myself wondering, and this, I don't mean this to be the meaning at all. How much will there be to write on? Yeah, is maybe a question here. That's right. But you know, certainly you could do it in one way or another. You know, you, you wouldn't necessarily have to go week by week like we often do. Do you ever play that video game Rampage? Oh yes. Oh, I, I love always Rampage. think about Rampage when like whenever this stuff comes <laughs> up, and I, I don't think that's like canon. No, <laughs> you know, no, 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 I no. Always think of no. I always think of Rampage. People are familiar. You're like, play either as a Godzilla or King Kong you're just like destroying buildings yes there was a movie recently with uh, The Rock about that there concept. was yeah I didn't see it <laughs> me neither <laughs> I hope it was super campy <laughs> yeah I'm sure it was because that, that's what it would deserve to be I'm sure I'm sure incredibly campy film yeah um, well beyond that we have two episodes of Loki left um if you haven't, obviously, I'm not going to spoil anything, but if you haven't seen it, the episode four of six total episodes ended on a cliffhanger. You would normally think Marvel would reserve for the finale of a show or the end of a movie, but it was quite a um, quite a shock to see the end of this fourth episode. And, you know, I, for one, have talked a lot about the predictability of where their shows are going. I have no idea where they're going to take this. And I'm frankly excited to, to watch it tomorrow. That's cool. That's great. I, I did see... Uh... It hardly even seemed like a news story, but there's some murmurs, there's some rumors about Jonathan Nagers and if they're going to end up replacing him. And that that did come out um, today that there are now 
maybe some behind closed door discussions that maybe we don't go with him. There's so many other, so many other villains we can focus on. Why would we sort of put ourselves in this corner if things don't look good, which by the way, the judge did not dismiss his case. So he's going to trial at the end of November. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it kind of came up today. Like I thought there was something today. Yeah, there know? was. And, but then I was reading the article and I thought, this doesn't seem really new, you know, and it was, it was, it's not definitive in any way, you know. Yeah. So. There's, there's been speculation since that verse came out in the spring, but this was, I think, the first somewhat substantial report that the conversations are happening, you know, now that that first uh, pre trial motion is over and was dismissed. They have to start really <laughs> reckoning with what's yeah. going to happen in the future. I, again, not in the midst of watching all the Marvel stuff, but from what I know about it, you know, and reading your recaps of Loki and everything, it sounds to me like they have made this character pretty central. So Absolutely. Recast him. That's what yeah. I say. Just recast it. Re- yeah. If it comes down to it, you yeah. know, I mean, you know, you're right. Innocent till proven guilty, and all of that, and various things might happen. Yeah. Here's how it goes. But if it comes down to it, I'll just say recast him. Just, know, just, you, just recast him. Since yeah. he's a recasting actors, you know. Remember when Edward Norton was the Hulk? <laughs> there's a there's a great book um, that that just came out um, by Dave Gonzalez, Joanna Robinson of the Ringer, talking about the history of the MCU um, that has great stories about what transpired behind the scenes there and how he is one of two people that Kevin Feige has said Marvel will never, ever consider working with them ever again. So it's a <laughs> interesting stories there if you want to go check there that was, out. There was a time in my life, and this just fell off, there was a time in my life where I was committed to seeing every film that man is in. Oh, okay. And I was I was doing it for a while. Until like I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, <laughs> it didn't keep up with it. But there was a time where I thought, like, if that Norton's in it, I'm seeing it. I was so yes. taken by some of his early performances and like Primal Fear and American History X and Fight Club and things like this. Um, so good, he, he was so good. good. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that about does it for our news yeah. and notes. So uh, we're gonna talk about Better Call Saul. Yes. Um, season six, episode seven, planned and execution. Very significant episode. Uh, we're going to get into spoilers. Potentially, maybe some spoilers might creep in from things that happen later in this final season of Better Call Saul. So big, big, okay. big warning if you haven't seen Better Call Saul on the other side of this. I mean, you're free to listen anyway, mm-hmm. but like... I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm generally not one who cares a whole lot about spoilers, but this is like yeah. pivotal stuff that we're, that we're getting into here with this episode. Um, and so, we, yeah, we well, might we might have to spoil well some plot points of Breaking Bad. We might we might have to. Yeah, that was Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's on the table too. Yeah, I think. I mean. Are there people who've seen Better Call Saul who haven't seen Breaking Bad? We've had this conversation. I would love to hear from someone who has and what they're talking about. I think that'd be very interesting. Yeah, let's like have them on the pod. Let's yes. How did that? But anyway, so as per usual, we'll um, take a quick little break here, pop in a little bit of music, and uh, on the other side of that, we're going to pick up with Better Call Saul, plan and execution.
Okay, we're back as promised. Talking about Better Call Saul. This episode, plan execution. Ryan said when <laughs> The Last of Us, long, long time came out, which we talked about yeah. last week, he said that that episode replaced this one on his personal Mount Rushmore of all time. Great TV episodes. Yeah. Um, are you sticking with that? So this is a discussion. I know you would ask this question. So this is a discussion of sort of what you value in terms of just real emotional gut punches versus dramatic propulsion, moving the story to a place that you've really been looking forward to if you've been invested in something. Um, it's it, This is very hard for me to, to, to decide. I, I think I'll just... On odd days, pick one. On even days, pick the other. In terms of my, which one's going to be on my list? They're just they're okay. both so great. There's my, Ro- my, my flip flop answer. Roosevelt, which one? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. To remind people of this episode, this was the mid season finale. They aired season six in two parts. Uh, I didn't double check the dates. I believe this was airing in something like May of last year, 2022. I think something like that. And then there was a hiatus. And we had to wait for like a couple of months before we got um, episode yeah. eight of, of, of season six. May and, 2022, yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit more down the line. And remind you what happens in this episode. Uh, this is the one. This is the Howard one. This is the Lalo Howard one. You know, so basically um, we're, we're kicking off with Jimmy and Kim reshooting the fake photos of Casanero, right? One of the things I love, by the way, Ryan, is that, like, I love how Better Call Saul does not tell you what's happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just a, you figure it out, right? Yeah. So, like, we actually open this episode with Lalo um, going into the rest area, taking a shower, taking mm-hmm. a nap in his car, going down to the sewer getting out his binoculars, and then it pans around to see that he's watching the laundromat. You kind of have to, like, figure out what's going on, right? Uh, and similarly, The Plan... Mm-hmm. I love the title of the episode, by the way. Um, the Plan, which Jimmy and Gim have been working on all season, has never been laid out for us. You've got, like, they have their board with their post-it notes or whatever, yeah. but you we've never gotten an exposition scene where they say here's what we're going to do to howard you're like that's yes. not there you have to kind of piece it together uh but it's really well done so they're reshooting it because jimmy ran into casimiro in the liquor store in uh, yes. the previous episode now oh, man the guy's got a broken arm right <laughs> um bringing a little bit from that previous episode x axe and grind uh insofar as i think it's super significant how it's kim who in learning that information, Jimmy says, well, we're just going to have to call this off. And Kim says, no, it has to be the day. This is what we're doing. Yeah. You turns your car away from what would have been a very important meeting for yes. her legitimate career as a lawyer in Santa Fe. And she doesn't go. She said, this is more important to her. Uh, they're reshooting all of that. And then, you know, okay, all of that carries forward in terms of pulling off the... Um, prank on howard oh, that's very elaborate maybe sure it's, it's a prank sure maybe it's more than a prank but yeah you know, we'll call it a prank we'll get into more details here down the line and then of course at the end of the episode 
um, Howard comes and confronts them in their apartment and Lalo walks in. And of course, Jimmy thought Lalo was dead and Kim had been lying to him about that. Mm-hmm. And Lalo shoots Howard in the head. And uh, that's the end of the episode. Cut to black, yeah. This is a great episode. I love this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, where, where do we start in terms of where do we start? Where, where where do we start? Oh boy. Um, this. Let me just ask this question. This is the one note I, I had, and and we can go whatever order you want. But this last season, similar to last season of Breaking Bad, was broken in two parts. You mentioned this May twenty twenty two. Was the this episode seven, episode eight didn't air until mid July of that um, of that year last year. Um, this mid season finale ends on this incredible cliffhanger of Lalo shooting Howard, last thing we see is him falling to the floor. Um, there was in Breaking Bad a similar mid season finale that ended on a cliffhanger. If you remember this, with Hank discovering the poetry book. And Gail had inscribed it, and he sort of puts together who mm-hmm. who Walt is. Um, one of the better better than the other. I, I just find both of them. I mean, they're just amazing. They're both amazing, and it's yeah. so hard to it's so hard to compare. You know, this ties in, I guess, to what I was referencing before a little bit. I've had this thought for a while, like as I was watching Better Call Saul season to season, even. Mm-hmm. Where I really started thinking, like, man, is this show better than Breaking Bad? Yeah. And I think that where I come down on it is, um, I don't know that I could fully endorse that. I think I like it more, which is a slightly different claim. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of why I like it more is that with Walt's arc in Breaking Bad, as we, as I think I said, when we watched Ozymandias. By the time you get to Ozymandias, he is <laughs> evil, and I hate him. Yes, right. Yes. Like he is just. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't have empathy for him anymore. He's just bad. Like I'm still compelled yeah. and everything. But um, I don't think I ever lose my empathy for Jimmy or Kim. No, no, I don't, I don't think so either. And and I think that part of the thing, one of the things that makes this show so great, it makes these shows on par with one another, right? Breaking Bad was so good. People thought, how will Better Call Saul ever live up to that? Is, you know, Better Call Saul sort of followed this idea of what does it mean for one man to break bad, even if it was in, initially for good intentions. Better Call Saul seemingly had so much more work to do to get to the level of how prestigious and incredible Breaking Bad was because of all these intricacies and and how you knew the character already, how there were things that you knew he was going to be doing. What does it matter? You know what his endpoint is anyways. Um, it had sort of more work to do. And, and I, I just, we've talked before and probably will talk today about how they always painted themselves out of these corners that they seemingly found themselves in. And it just, I think doing that work raised it to that level, certainly. It might even, yeah, I, I would not blame somebody if it put it ahead of ahead of Breaking Bad. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the writing, I just take because they, they did create these problems for themselves. Mm-hmm. And to say, we're going to start way back here when he's Jimmy McGill and so on. And like, they worked this out as they wrote the show season yep. to season, which is so incredibly impressive to me. Particularly Kim, as I understand it, they didn't know where this was going. There was no even original intention for Kim to be as hugely significant of a character as she ended up being. 
that worked out in in terms of the writing um this whole question about lalo even as i understand it uh, Vince Gilligan was like, well, you know, just because Saul mentions Lalo one time, I don't know we have to, like, <laughs> do anything with that. We can just ignore it, you know? And uh, everyone else, Peter Gold and everyone else was like, no, we got yeah. to figure out how to do the Lalo thing. So it's like, they set these problems, and Lalo, I mean, what a great character. They fit mm-hmm. him in. Kim, I mean, not, not ever mentioned by name. Kim was right. never mentioned by name. Uh, there is a little bit of inconsistency, maybe in terms of how many wives Saul had. We won't worry about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> they do such a just such a great job in general, and precisely the big problem was how do you get from A to B? Yeah, and increasingly it became, well, what happens to Kim? What happens with Kim? Yeah. You know, um, a lot of people thought she was going to die. Yes. I didn't think she was going to die. I never did. I honestly, I always kind of thought it would be what happened. Not yeah. in, not in detail, obviously, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't predicting all of the details, but, but something along these lines. And this is the pivotal, this is the pivotal moment, you know? Yeah. And you, you referenced, um, axe and grind right before this episode plan execution how she makes that literal u-turn as she's driving to what could be a career changing uh, meeting uh, for a, what would have been a a lucrative and prestigious job with a foundation um, have we seen these little nuggets before of what Kim what her true nature is in terms of you know, we we understand now she's the one who said, like like you mentioned, she's the one who said it's going to happen today. She's the one who decides, I'm turning around, I'm going back to do this, you know, do this plot instead of go to go to this job interview. Um, do, do we know ahead of time that this is who she is, that this is her nature, or is this, okay, we, we sort of are seeing a new, a new character here? I, I think it's very interesting because it's there throughout in, in various ways, and a lot of people, as Better Call Saul was airing, you know, kept kind of taking this line of, like, Jimmy is corrupting Kim. Yeah. And people were taking that line in the world of viewers of the show and in the show itself. This is, like, an interesting <laughs> thing I think they always did. Whenever anyone took that view within the show itself, Chuck, for example, yeah. what did Kim do? double down on being in it with Jimmy. Yeah. And so I think there's always been and it got pissed off too, right? Um there's there's always been an important way in which Kim is into it. It goes back to earlier on they're scamming people or as lower stakes stuff. She helps him with the whole Chuck situation. What they did what they did to Chuck was really kind of (laughs) that hurt. Yes it does. Your brother. That hurt. But they they persist. It was kind of her idea, as I recall, yeah. to do the anything to Howard here, you know, to hatch this plan. And so the way that Kim has always been into it, you know, yeah. and the, the, there's a certain duality to her character. Because on the other hand, she, you know, will go do pro bono or 
yes, you know, yes. public defender work, um, all of that kind of, of stuff, kind of looking out for the little guy. And this is one of my questions, you know. So Howard, it's not the final scene, not just how Lalo shows up and she's mm-hmm. Howard in the head, but before that, um, Patrick Fabian gets such a, a brilliant monologue, such a yes. brilliant performance here of, of Howard. I want to talk about a couple of things here um, with regard to Howard, but uh, let's start here. He gives this whole speech and he's asking why they did it. Is he right? Is he hitting the nail on the head here? What do you think? Yeah, you know, to, to what you are saying earlier, he almost gives the thesis of the show here, back to our point we were just making, which is, he says, you start to understand this was not just a Saul or Jimmy manipulation on Kim to get this done. He says, you two are perfect for each other, right? That they are both, one; they're one and the same. They have these same motivations, whether it was any of the things he listed, whether Howard's just an asshole, whether they disrespected him, whether it's what he did to them in the past. It's not about make myself more money or make myself above you it is this is just who they are to want to put this guy in a hole what allows you to do this to me yes he asked you know and so our i want to talk about our impressions of howard because part of what i think makes this episode such a gut punch to me is that over the course of the series i largely have been also um they kind of hate Howard. Yeah. Like, well, I, I don't want to speak for you. I want to ask you that question. But for me, yeah. he's just kind of, I mean, he's just kind of a prick. Yes. I don't have any particular reason. He just kind of seems like this smiley, glad hand, smarmy, <laughs> you know, I just, and I mean, they, they do manage in the show to soften that a little bit here in his final two episodes like that. It's in episode six, right? In Axe and Grind when he makes his wife the cappuccino. Yes. With a peace sign on it. Yes. yes. That was a, it was a little poignant because she doesn't care. She just like pours <laughs> it in a travel mug. And, and you know, you can start feeling that about Howard, but certainly throughout, I've had a fairly negative view. And I feel like the show does a great job of kind of making us complicit in the enjoyment of what they're doing to Howard. Then so my question, did you feel that way in general? Or yeah, and, and I will say you know, maybe it's just my, something with my nature that you just, I guess, just don't like people who are like Howard in, in general. This sort of, this sort of smarminess, this haughtiness, this, you know, the the way that he acts this this whole time. Um, even when he's, I think the guy's name is Carrie. When he's helping Carrie, the guy who spills the sodas before the Sandpiper meeting, he's, you know, sort of, um, uh, I don't know, really condescending to, to the guy. Oh, you know how this works and how these, you know, how these, these soda cans, uh, we, we, we can fix that. It, just a sense of, I hate thinking that, that we got to a point or I got to a point where I was like, all right, Howard got it, you know, got what was coming to him. But it, it's sort of this, you know, was he actually the the good guy compared to to Jimmy and and, and Kim? And why am I not rooting more for him? No, I'm right there with you. Like that, it's just like laughing at what's happening to him, or or what have you. Um, and that, the thing is, he didn't. He never really did anything wrong. Yeah, yeah. And you do realize that he's just kind of, as you say, you just don't 
like guys like this and it's, it's kind of like exactly what he says about himself i think in yeah. in the in the apartment you know in terms of i think he does hit on their motivations um but then particularly getting at what happens well this is deeply unfair you know yes they want yes. to die for god's <laughs> sakes yeah. also along the way here <laughs> i've always found this is noteworthy because I, I think they do suck us in and kind of make us complicit you have the scene where jimmy and cam are listening on the phone call and then the culmination of that where they are in the background blurry having some sexy time this is the yeah. only time that occurs in the entire show it's the only time we ever see jimmy and cam getting it on yes yes plenty of times they're in bed together but yeah it's like this is what gets them going this, this is they're getting this, off on it this type of, right, this type of scheming and and plotting and you know doing things that i don't know if it's about doing things to certain people but it's almost about being able to come up with it and get away with it to their own benefit yeah yeah and and some thought about like that who are they getting one over on? Yeah, yeah. The privileged, or or yeah. or something, or um, kinds of structures and institutions that you know um, manages to align with some thought of being on the side of the little guy, or 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 what have you. Yeah, and um, I think that it's the other lawyer uh, co-counsel in the Sam Piper case who says. You know, they're profit participants. It doesn't benefit them, Howard. Why would they do this? It doesn't benefit them to reduce the settlement because they're going to get money. They just want to win. They just want to beat Howard. They just want to say that, no, actually, despite your upbringing and your schooling and all the things that you have, you're not better than us. You know, we can we could do something better than you and watch us. Yeah. And so a couple of gut punches. I mean, I love the scene there with... Um, um, the guy you're referring to, I'm blanking on his name now. I mean, like, I know the name of the actor and also the name of the character, and I'm just blanking on it at the moment. But the one moment that was also really striking to me here was when Howard, Howard, again, Howard figures it all out. He lays yeah. out what has happened. He is <laughs> correct. And the response is, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It just, it just doesn't matter at this point. We, we lost it. We, um, you know, the whole um, arbitration got messed up here. Yep. Yep. They've changed their offer. I, you know, just kind of think about what's in the interest of our clients. You exactly. Know? Um, and it's almost like that. It, that's a, maybe the one issue I had with it is that Jimmy and Kim seem like people that want the little person to win. You know, the he wants his former clients who lived at Sandpiper to get all that they can. He's sort of minimizing them and reducing what their or he's not kind of he is reducing what their reward can be for this, but it's to them. But even that he doesn't care as much about them as they still care about beating Howard. Yeah, I mean, there is a level to this though, that like is the question is the important question the amount of money at the end mm -hmm. of the day or the timeliness of it. Yeah, you know, I think there is a level where, from Jimmy's point of view, you're talking about senior citizens here. You know, um, are some of them going to die before this yeah. thing's over? You know, for and and there is something to this. I, I've had this thought at various points in my life where, to some degree, 
where you where you are in terms of economic class can almost be answered by this sort of question. Does it matter when you yeah. get your money? Yeah, because if you're in a kind of precarious economic circumstances, your paycheck being delayed by a couple of weeks might mean you don't make rent. Exactly. You know, whereas if you're well off, yeah, then all that really matters at the end of the day is that the books are settled and they're you know getting as much as possible. So I don't know that it's really a um like contradiction in terms of yeah. Jamie's I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're saying this because they actually spend what on may initially think is an inordinate amount of time talking to the lead the the, the lead, I guess defendant on this on this settlement about how long it may take to finish this process and the, get the money. The, the wheels just turn slowly, yeah. right? Yeah. And they spend so much time talking to her about that to the point of, yeah, you're right. A lot of people on this case, maybe even most people on this on this lawsuit are not going to see any of this money. This is going to get passed down to their families or whatever. So it's more about a sense of not what they won't win, but more about what Kim and Jimmy will will gain by beating by beating Howard. Yeah, and if the settlement happens now, then people are getting the money now, and yep. you know all all of that's tied into it. I think that um, there's some other stuff on background here that I don't recall the details of, but that Jimmy does want them, you know, to settle it now and and so on. Um, I want to talk about John Ennis a little bit, John Ennis. Sure, sure. sure. Lenny. I don't think I have near as much background with him as as you do, but I, I yeah, I did I did go do some a little bit of homework on that. You ever watch Mr. Show? No. I mean that's a big thing here. Um Mr. Show alum, John Ennis. Of course, Mr. Show with Bob and David Bob Bob being Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. Old um HBO sketch comedy show, which I would recommend to people if they haven't seen it. Um kind of cool to see John Ennis in here. He's playing Lenny, who who is the decoy for the judge, you know. Um, I don't know. Not a whole lot to say about that. I did. Did you? I don't know if people are aware when uh, in this episode he's pushing carts in the parking lot. He's practicing lines from Angels in America. Yes, I did look up what that was that he's rehearsing. He's not just you know quoting philosophy to himself. He's he's rehearsing something. Yeah, yeah he figured it was. With he's like, okay, well, what is it? It's like yeah. Angels in America. He's he's a funny character in this but i just recall being like hey mr show you know? yeah <laughs> um and if people haven't seen mr show you look at the alum the alumni as it were right yeah. and of course bob odenkirk who i never would have imagined would become such a like esteemed great dramatic actor right but he has david cross right? yes this is bob and david um but then you know you've got like tom kenny Who's the mm. voice of SpongeBob SquarePants? <laughs> <laughs> um, lots of other people were on that show too, like Jack Black and Oh wow, okay, and uh, uh, Sarah Silverman and uh, you can find it on Max still, can't you? We we won't talk about Jay Johnston, who was okay. in, apparently was in the January sixth. So. <laughs> in yeah, anyway, <laughs> but no, do do recommend Mister Show uh, to people. Is it on Max at this point? I want to say I saw it on Max at some point. I hope so. For a while, it was one of those that you couldn't really find screen streaming. Okay, because, okay, maybe um, I'm wrong, but I thought I saw it there. Um, we have to double check on that. They might have put it up on Max. That'd be great. I actually have every season of Mister Show on DVD. Oh wow! 
yeah. <laughs> um, there's only four seasons. It's not like yeah. it's a, a, a huge amount. There's stuff on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, anyhow, uh, you've got that. What else? Uh, oh, uh, Howard calls them Leopold and the Lobe. Did you, did you, did you get this reference? Leopold and Le- <laughs> I remember looking this up at the time because I did not understand the reference then. So I had to revisit it. These two guys who apparently back at the turn of the 20th century or close to the turn of the 20th century kidnapped and murdered a 14 year old boy because they thought they were smarter than authorities and can get away with it. Yeah. But they were maybe Nietzsche and Ubermensch. Yeah, that's or, right. Or, you know, whatever. It's a very, I don't, I don't know if it's an obscure reference if you're a lawyer. It's very fitting that this is the reference that Howard makes, I thought. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's, I don't know if it's a, I don't know if I think it's quite on the nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, Interestingly about these two, did you see how both of them died? Leopold and Lope? Yes. I don't, I don't one of One of them at a very young age shanked in prison and died, I think age 30. The other got paroled, moved to Puerto Rico and lived till he was like 70 years old. Um, so interesting kind of um i don't know parallel between our two our two characters maybe but uh yeah. just their fates well i mean maybe like maybe more well there's a parallel like one of them's more like walt is that what you're thinking or it'll be or you, you know if you've seen the end of you, you, you well you know where jimmy and saul end up at the end of yeah um so one of them is, is stuck somewhere without without possibility of escape it seems like or possibility of parole yeah, no one's getting no one's getting shanked though. So yeah, that's, that's right. I, that's right. That's what I thought about Walt because Walt had <laughs> Walt dies at the end of Britain's That's Jones. right. That's Spoiler. right. You know, but um, Jimmy, um, Jimmy, yeah, an, an obscure reference, but very, very fitting, probably. I went ahead and watched the next episode. Um, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, mm-hmm. because you have this cliffhanger, and it occurred to me that part of what made this episode stick in my mind is so powerful was they gave us this and then made us sit with it for a couple yes. months um it's not none of my mind even just that it's a cliffhanger yeah. i mean it sort of is you don't know exactly what lalo has in mind why is he there you know he showed mm-hmm. up in their apartment saying he wants to talk to his lawyers and all of that um but just such a gut punch of yeah. like the bigger cl- cliffhanger to me almost is like, okay, well, what's this going to mean for Jimmy and Kim? Right. And I think I could already see though, that it's like, okay, this is going to be the thing that drives them apart. And then what happens later is kind of the inevitable, but I thought it'd be interesting. Well, instead of waiting a couple of months, like I had to the first time, what if I just watch the ep- next episode <laughs> right away? Right away, you know. Uh, and so I did that, and it, it's it's a really good episode too. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. Uh, it, it's a fantastic pairing. It, it, it you know make make people wait in between. I mean, obviously, this just heightened the the anticipation and the and the 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 views of of that episode. But you, you're right, not so much a cliffhanger as in. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen, or what are what are they setting up next? But more of a, you know, what Lalo's ultimate plan is. That's not a surprise. But what's happening here? How is it going to impact our two main characters? They're just you had no sense that this is where it was going to go, and so where you thought it might happen, where they get away with something, and there's a Lalo 
freeing confrontation. Now those two things have merged and how is that all going to impact them? I, yeah. I thought that was pretty brilliant. Yeah. I absolutely did not see it coming that they were going to intercept Lalo yeah. and Howard like this. And um, my understanding is they decided that as they were writing in season six, that this is what was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, was watching, I was watching this video on YouTube. Well, I think it was put out by Variety or something talking about this episode and 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 all of that. And they let Patrick Fabian know prior to the beginning of season six mm-hmm. that uh, his character was going to die, but no one else knew. And okay. he also didn't tell anyone. And uh, Ray Seahorn was saying, you know, she read the script for this episode and she was really concerned that no one had told Patrick before <laughs> this that... <laughs> But they had. He wasn't finding out yeah. the first time. Yeah. They had. He'd just been going about his business, you know. I mean, they, they didn't. They hadn't told him when, you know. So he says each week, or yeah. whatever, he'd get the script. They're like, mm, not this week. Not this week. Maybe they changed their <laughs> minds. <laughs> Patrick Payton's a really charming guy too. That if he's in. Yes, this, but, he was. Um, he was quite good. They, they, this dude did a lot of good, or these three, I guess, did a lot of good sort of supplementary social media video content around this last season this is really fantastic yeah one of the things that was great too i think it was in um further than i rewatch i think it's in episode nine of this season when they have howard's memorial mm-hmm. they've got a bunch of pictures around those that are actually from patrick fabian's instagram account oh gosh <laughs> i didn't know that yeah it's kind of good Oh man, uh, that's this. I said I'm glad I revisited it. This is this is such a good such a good episode. Not just for what's inside of the 50 minutes, but the context that it plays for what happened before and after. Just so strong. Yeah, yeah. And so in episode eight, you get Lalo's plan, right? Which again, that, that, when I was rewatching that episode, I almost thought like, "Ooh, is this one better? Mm-hmm. Is this a better episode?" Because it's so <laughs> you're on the edge of your seat as Kim goes through with it. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, and then that culminates to remind people that culminates in um, Gus killing Lalo and then they bury um, Lalo and Howard together in the lab. Yes. And, um, so they were always there. Together you know, Now we have to think about you're watching Breaking Bad. Yep. You know, you're watching Fly. Yeah. Lalo and Gus. <laughs> Lalo Howard and Howard are right there. The whole time. All time. <laughs> um, so great, good. Uh, I think we, we've about covered it. Uh, anything else you want to hit on here with this episode? Uh, that, that's that's a great, great recap. I was very happy to revisit this. Like I said, one of one of my favorite shows, but I've not rewatched any one episode bef- until now. When going back and redoing this. this, this was the right one to do. Yeah, same. And honestly, Party wants to rewatch this entire show from the beginning, which I haven't yeah. done. Yeah. Um, and uh, and breaking bad anyway <laughs> well next week we're going to move on to my last entry into this top four what, hall of fame mount rushmore whatever we want to call it we are going to look at west wing season two episode 22 the finale titled two cathedrals have you watched west wing before i have okay i've seen all of west wing i know what this episode is so sure. before well, anyone has not seen West Wing, <laughs> uh, if you're not going to watch the whole thing, which I highly recommend, um, I might suggest 21 and 22 together 
but you will understand why 22 is so powerful when you see some of the events of 21. Fair. It's been a bit for me. So yeah, yeah. people take that recommendation or, you know, try yeah. to binge a couple seasons of uh, the West Wing uh, by, by next week. Uh, I think the West Wing is a great show. And certainly this stands out. And as um, yeah. probably also the episode of, of the West Wing that uh, I likely would have chosen. So yeah, episode one titled 18th of Potomac, 22 entitled Two Cathedrals, may, maybe widely thought as the, the best part of this uh, of this series. Um, it's debatable, but probably thought of as the best. Yeah, there's an article on tvobsessive.com written by the inimitable Cat Smith All on right. this episode, which I'll we'll go ahead and shout that out now. Go read that. I'm, I'm going to go check uh, it out. I wasn't necessarily talking to you, but you can also <laughs> go read it. Um, but yeah, you know, Cat has a, a little bit of a personal angle, which is, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, that's a good article. I do recommend it to everyone. And yeah, we'll we'll dig in on uh, two cathedrals here next week. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, I guess that about does it for this time. That's uh, it for me. All right. Yeah. Thanks again, uh, everyone, for listening. As always, you know, please do leave us a good review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You want to follow uh, the site on social media. Look for TV Obsessive. You can find us on most social media platforms except for threads. Um, TVobsessive.com. Also, you know, just go to TVobsessive.com and you can add yourself to get daily emails. I've never mentioned this on the pod before, but this is a possibility. Mm-hmm. Say, Screw social media. I just want <laughs> I just want TV Obsessive directly in my inbox. And uh, you get like one email a day and I'll show you like what published the day before. That's a great suggestion. Um, great suggestion. Yeah, that's good. I I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Just like make sure it works. You know, good. It's working. It's good. <laughs> um, but okay. Again, thanks everyone for uh, listening, and uh, I guess we'll see you next week talking about the West Wing along with our usual news and notes. All right. See you next time. Okay.